We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Wilson. Hope you guys enjoyed our last episode. Um, My interview with Chris Wilson about the SEC was a lot of fun making that episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Learned learned some stuff. That was a lot of fun. Um, Kudos to Chris for doing a ton of research there, making that a lot of fun. I've had some interaction with people about that episode that really enjoyed it. Um, some fan bases that uh, may, maybe not so much questioned his rankings, but just put their two cents in. But like I said, a lot of fun doing that. So um, when I do the interviews, I'm, I want to try and do some things like that, talk about the stadiums and kind of bring that into it. Um, we can all give our opinions on on everything and I mean we'll I will do that too. I'll give my opinions and I'll have my guests make give me their opinions and give you guys theirs and we'll have fun with it. But I think that's something uh different that I want to do with my podcast here when it comes to interviews is talking about the stadiums and the venues. Um just because I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. But uh in today's podcast we're gonna focus on uh my uh my partnership with uh sidelines yukon so i'm uh, every week uh leading up to the yukon games i'm going to be partnering i've partnered with them going give, to be giving anal- analysts and insight uh to the upcoming opponents and things um and just kind of kind of give the let the fan base of the yukon huskies know what i think going into the game hopefully they enjoy that i'm really really looking forward to it. it's a lot of fun for me to be able to just talk football, do something I like to do. Um, obviously, with my uh, women's basketball coaching background, UConn has a special place in my heart as well. And then growing up in Michigan, Rip Hamilton is my all-time favorite player. And a uh, little side story there, I I modeled my free throw shooting after Rip Hamilton. Those who don't know, he does the two dribbles, and then he does the one off to his right-hand side. And that's what I did. And uh, I'll never forget uh, going to college. I was I was a part of the Grand Valley State basketball team. Uh, was a, and uh, we had our first summer camp. We had kids come in and uh, we're teaching them like a free throw routine. And I just remember our assistant coach being like telling all these little kids, keep it simple. You don't have to do anything like Rip Hamilton. Then I step up to the line. I'm like, well, that's my routine. Uh, I know you just told me not to do that, but that's what I do. <laughs> so it's just kind of a fun thing, just kind of full circle with that. So I'll talk about that partnership, uh, give a little bit of insight for the UConn fans about what I think is going to happen this year for them. Um, then some insight into the upcoming game that they have against Fresno State in just a couple days. It's amazing to think that it's just a couple days away for kickoff couple other things we'll talk about that I'm going to talk about today. I think you guys have learned I'm a big fan of the Sun Belt, but 
the group of five. Um, I'm going to dis- I'm going to discuss some things on some of the teams from the group of five that I think could potentially make the college football playoff. One in particular, I have making it. Then I'm going to go through my group of five top ten and the others that are right on the cusp of that. There are a lot of really good teams in the group of five this year, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into that. But first, let's talk about the Connecticut Huskies. Um, they didn't play last year, so I just finished breaking down all 130 FBS programs through our Twitter account for the podcast here at TNT College Foot One is the Twitter account. If you're not following, give us a follow. But I went through over the past month and a half, two months, breaking down every single program. It was a ton of fun, a lot of work, um, but a lot of fun doing that. And I hope those that are following that really got some great insight on that. I, I, I tried to be as thoughtful as I could with every team, try to be as positive I could with as, as I could with every team, because I, I don't want to, I'm not here to argue anything with people. I want, I want this to be fun. Like the whole reason I'm doing this is to visit all the venues, to see all the venues, to engage with the fan bases. I think, so it's just, I just, just want to have fun with it now. I mean, obviously not every team's going to be good. So, I mean, you try and be honest with, with that. But diving into the Connecticut Huskies here, um, obviously, like I said, they didn't play last year. So it was kind of an unknown going into this. So as I, as I was tweeting out about Fresno State, who is their upcoming opponent this Saturday, that's when Sidelines UConn got a hold of me and was like, hey, we really, I really like what you did there with the breakdown of Fresno State. Like, would love to work with you and do something here. And that's when I was, I was super excited about that. And uh, just, it'll be really cool. Um, something that, let's, let's, first, let's first look at the schedule for the Huskies, like this year. Like I said, uh, this coming Saturday, they play at Fresno State. Fresno State's going to be really good. They're going to be one of those top-tier group of five teams. Maybe not top ten, but they're going to be right right there. Um, I can, I, I, see, I see that being a loss for UConn. Then they got Holy Cross, which I think we can all agree that's a W. Then there's Purdue at Army, Wyoming at Vanderbilt, at UMass, Yale, Middle Tennessee, at Clemson, at UCF, in Houston. So off of that, I see them going four and eight with potentially adding two or three more wins, potentially the four wins I have them getting out of that, Holy Cross, at UMass, Yale, and Middle Tennessee. But would it blow me away if they were able to win at Vanderbilt no. Um, I'm also not very high on Purdue. I'm also not, I, I mean, Wyoming traveling across the country that potentially, um, basically, I mean, I think there's four games on the schedule where you sit there and say, yeah, they're going to lose those at Fresno state at Clemson at UCF Houston, I think are pretty much guaranteed losses. But I mean, the other games, they'll definitely be competitive in and uh i think randy etzel as a head coach is 
I mean, obviously everybody knows what he did in his, uh, before he got there or this before his first time around, I should say, this is his second stint there. And actually, um, I, I looked up what his, what he had done in his first stint at UConn. He went 74 and 70. He had a five, one, four winning percentage. And since then, um, in this, in this second stint, he has gone six and 30, which is a 167 win percentage, which obviously isn't ideal, but I, much different circumstance right now, obviously. Um, it's going to take him a minute to build it up to what he had, but I will say there are some really talented players on this roster coming into this year. Um, running back Kevin Mensa has, a, has the potential to become the school's all-time leading rusher. Um, coming into this year, he's had two 1,000-yard seasons already in his career. He's got 2,619 career rushing yards. He's only 1,200 behind Donald Brown, who is the school's uh, rushing record holder. So there is a potential for him to reach that mark, and and I personally think he will. And I think it's a, uh, I think that'll be really really exciting for the program. It'll be something really cool um, if he's able to do that. Uh, another another guy to really look at from the offensive perspective is wide receiver Cameron Ross. Um, his freshman, he, as a true freshman, he, uh, had 723 receiving yards and four touchdowns when they had some quarterback inconsistencies. So I think, I think the, he has a real shot to have another really good season as well. Uh, but the, the, the main thing that people are going to look at from the Connecticut perspective is who's going to be the starting quarterback. And I think coming into this year, I, I, and many others, and from the stuff I had been reading, going through camp, everybody thought it was going to be the returner, uh, Jack Zakotis. I hope I'm saying that correctly, but uh, and I think that that's still going to be the case. But uh, there is an NC State transfer, Michael Leon, who was who didn't pl- who missed the entire 2019 season because of that transfer. But people thought, oh, maybe he can come in and kind of get in the mix and stuff. But the the UConn Huskies released their uh, two deep, the depth chart heading into this weekend's game. And they listed, they did not say who would be the starter, but they listed Z- Jack Zakotis. And then they la- then they also listed Stephen Krajewski. Again, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but... So they're still not saying who the starter is going to be. And I personally think it's going to be Jack who takes it. He's got the experience factor. He started the 2019 season. He threw for 1,782 yards and nine touchdowns. So he's got that experience. And, and I think he's going to be the guy that they end up going with. But maybe it also ends up being where they go, where they give both of them a shot. And I'm a firm believer of... If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully they have one that they feel more so over the other. But like I said before, they do have two weapons offensively in running back Kevin Mensa and wide receiver Cameron Ross who can really, really do some things. And I think that's going to be really, really important for them coming into this year and then throughout the season, obviously. 
then if you look at the defense, um, defensive tackle Travis Jones is just a, a a man in the middle. Like there's no other way to put it. Like he's gonna play on Sunday, and he's on the Bednark Award watch list. Like he he's he can do some things. And uh, let's just say every team that plays UConn this year is gonna know where he is at all times. Um, he's got an NFL future for sure. He's just a big space clogger. He's going to do really well. Then the other thing to look at is the the set of linebackers that they have. They got they got four guys who you really can who really can do some things to help them out. Um, Jackson Mitchell, DJ Mo- Morgan, Omar Fort, and Ian Swenson all. Um, all can really, really do some things to help this team, and and I think I think that's a really, really good starting spot for them is that linebacking core, and they on the on the depth chart they listed Ian Swenson, Omar Fort, and Jackson Mitchell as the as the top guys heading into heading into the Fresno State game. So that's kind of interesting to see that. I think one thing to look at heading into the Fresno State game will be the weather. First off, um, it's going to be extremely hot. Um, I, I I looked at it uh, a couple days ago. I think I saw it was supposed to be in the one tens. So obviously, uh, I, I I mean I've never been to Storrs, Connecticut, but I don't feel like it's that hot. So, but uh, looking into Fresno State a little bit. Um, again, you can get my full, full insight on that. If you follow, uh, sidelines, Yukon, and then, uh, you can follow my, our Twitter account for the podcast here at TNT college foot one, but, uh, I'll, I'll give a little, little bit of insight going into that game. Fresno state's coming off of a three and three season last year. Um, but they return, they return a ton. Um, offensively, they're going to be really good. Jake Hayner is their quarterback, and he has the potential to turn himself into a NFL quarterback. I think he is he is one of the uns, unsung heroes. It, going to be one of the unsung heroes in the Mountain in the Mountain West Conference. I think I think Boise State obviously is going to get a lot of the attention just because of their history, and they're going to be very good. And uh, but one name to remember is Jake Hayner, the quarterback there, because I mean, obviously Nevada is getting a lot of talk, a lot of pub with uh, Carson strong at quarterback there. And then San Jose state with Nick Starkle, but Jake Hayner is just as good as those guys, in my opinion, from what I've seen. I mean, he threw for in six games last year. He threw for over 2000 yards and 14 touchdowns. Like he, he is, he is the real deal. I think. They got some really good receivers. Uh, Jalen Cooper, 520 yards and five touchdowns in those six games last year. He's definitely, definitely a, a stud out there. But they really got three potential number one, <clears throat> three potential number one wide receivers. Really, Carrick Wheatfall and Josh Kelly, both really good receivers as well. So, I mean, offensively, I mean, you would think they're just going to throw the football and sling it all over the field, but then you look over, and, and they got. Ronnie Rivers at running back, who is tied for the school record in career TDs, 
with 44. So, I mean, this, so you, you look at that and he's, you just expect him to sling the ball over the, all over the field, passing the ball. But then that you got a running back who, who's fantastic too. He ran for 507 yards and seven touchdowns last year. So, I mean, it's this, it's a really good offense that UConn's going to go up against. And the defense returns nine players from their team last year as well. So, and Fresno State ranked third in the nation in sacks per game last year, 4.17 per game, and 12 players had a sack last year. So I, with all those guys returning, you have to expect more of the same. So the UConn offense could be under duress frequently from Fresno State um, getting pressure. Um, that's just a little insight heading into that game. Um, again, I'll... Every week, I'm gonna give you a little bit of insight onto into UConn, into their upcoming opponent. I'll focus that more so for uh, my partnership with sidelines, but I want to at least spend a little time talking about them on here because I, I I think it's important. I'm excited about the partnership, and I think it's gonna be really really fun just to see just to see what can happen. And it's it's just great to interact with a fan base that. I have no connection with so it's gonna be a lot of fun i think and i'm really excited about that and i am very thankful to sidelines uconn for giving me this opportunity but uh let's move on now to uh talking about group of five uh college football playoff implications now you guys have listened to me before already getting on my soapbox talking about coastal carolina and louisiana they are definitely both going to be in the running they louisiana has a, the best opportunity in my opinion because they open the year at texas and if they're able to get that win which i which i believe they will and i honestly think they're going to win by double digits i really do and i think if they're able to do that it can propel them into something great because then down the road, Louisiana plays at Liberty. And Liberty is another one of those teams where I feel could could potentially run the table as a group of five or independent in their case. But, uh, I mean, I, I Malik Willis is as good as it gets at quarterback in college football. I mean, he can do everything. I mean, let's be honest. But, uh, but the number one team... And the team I have from the group of five making the college football playoff is the Cincinnati Bearcats. I think Cincinnati is going to run the table and go undefeated. And I know that might not be a popular opinion, but what I'm going to use to back that up is what they have returning. Desmond Ritter at quarterback is fantastic. He's a fantastic dual threat player had almost 3,000 yards of total offense last year in 10 games and he accounted for 31 touchdowns and I I I honestly see him as a Heisman contender their defense is very good but the the thing that sets them apart in my opinion September 18th they go to Indiana Indiana is a potential top 15 team at that point and then Two weeks later, after a bye, October 2nd, they go to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's 
probably a top 10 team at that point. If they are able to win at Indiana and at Notre Dame and then run the table in the American where they host UCF, if they're able to then beat UCF at home and then run the run the table in the American, why wouldn't they deserve that? They would then have beat two top 15 teams on the road, and they would have beat a UCF team who is potentially ranked at that point as well. In my opinion, that puts them right there where they need to be because I don't see a Pac-12 team going undefeated, and I don't see a Big 12 team going undefeated. I've already gone out on the record saying Oklahoma's not going to win the conference. So, but I, I think you can always guarantee that the SEC winner is going to be there. You can pretty much guarantee that the Big Ten winner will be there. You can pretty much guarantee that the ACC winner will be there as long as they're not a two-loss team. That leads that one spot for which in the past has been Big 12, Pac-12, or Notre Dame. Now, Notre Dame's going to have a shot at that spot, too, this year. Notre Dame's going to be good. And their schedule isn't as difficult as people think it is. I mean, they have they have some tough games in there, obviously. But it's manageable. Let's just say that. Their, their toughest games are at home. Let's just say that. But, again, like I said, I think the Cincinnati Bearcats, if they're able to win at Indiana – and they're able to win at Notre Dame, and then they turn around a couple weeks after that, beat UCF, and then run the table, to me, that's a playoff team. They pretty much proved that last year. I mean, they they ran the table. They went and played against a great Georgia team, a very good Georgia team, who Georgia coming into this year, I think we all know how good they're going to be. They're right in that playoff running already. So that's my thought there for the for group of five college football playoff. I think I think that it's a definite Cincinnati, Coastal, Louisiana, UCF, Liberty in that in that order. In my opinion, I think those five teams have an outside shot, but I think Cincinnati has a legitimate shot because they play they play those two marquee games on the road, and if they're able to win both of those. Why wouldn't they get a shot? Why shouldn't they get a shot? So now let's go into my group of five top ten. I mean, I pretty much already told you who my top five is. Cincinnati, Coastal, Carolina, Louisiana, Central Florida, Liberty. Then I go with App State, Appalachian State, Boise State, Houston, Texas San Antonio, UTSA, who I have win, winning Conference USA, Ball State would be at 10 then. I have Ball State winning the MAC. Then the next couple, the next group of teams I have, Fresno State, San Diego State, Nevada, Wyoming, San Jose State, Ohio, Buffalo, Toledo, Florida Atlantic, Southern Miss, SMU, Tulsa, Memphis, and Tulane. And I think that a couple, a couple of those teams – that not a lot of people are talking about. San Diego State on the Mountain West has one of the best defenses in the country. And I firmly believe that they could play for the Mountain West title. I really, really believe that. I think that Nevada and San Jose State are, Nevada especially is getting a lot of the, 
the publicity in that conference, rightfully so, with the offense that they have. But I think San Diego State has the potential to be to win that game, or not just win that game, but to win to win the league. I mean, I really, I really, really feel that way. And then one of the other teams there that I really see making a move is Southern Mississippi. Um, I've already talked about the, the the fan base for Southern Miss. It's fantastic. Just the interactions I've had with them are the top notch fan base. But Frank Gore Jr. as a freshman was unbelievable, and this team has so much back. And they, I, I really, I really didn't know much about them coming into the year until I started doing my research. But then when I started doing my research, I'm like, wow, this this team's gonna be pretty damn good um a lot of people have them going six and six but i have them winning eight nine even ten games i mean the the only game on the schedule to me that jumps out as a loss is obviously at alabama but i i mean it, the rest of the schedule sets up really really well um they got to go to texas san antonio to louisiana tech but i mean other than that i mean i, th- I think this team has a real real shot and I questioned the quarterback play going into the season, but it seems like Trey Lowe has really, really, really stepped up for them um, in the offseason, and I think they're going to do really, really, really well. So, I, I would, if you have any, if if anybody else would like to uh, <clears throat> talk the group of fives shoot me a message personally on my twitter account at coach underscore b will or you can shoot our twitter account a message um at college at tnt college foot one again like i said i i I love talking about the smaller schools i'm gonna be i want to be one of those guys standing on my soapbox for those smaller schools and really getting publicity out there for those guys i i I think this is the year that one of these group of fives gets into the college football playoff. I really do. And like I said, I think Cincinnati is that team. But there's no reason why Coastal Carolina can't go undefeated again. Or Louisiana can't go undefeated. Like, Liberty could go undefeated. Um, Those four teams in particular, fantastic. Central Florida is going to be unbelievable offensively. And with Gus Malzahn, he's going to turn that program into a powerhouse. That stadium already is rocking already, but I can only imagine when once he gets that role and what it's going to turn into. Again, um, thanks, thanks again for tuning in and uh, look forward to uh, connecting with everybody and as I, as I leave leave you guys tonight, um, I just want everybody to to uh, take a second to think about. I I'm, I'm sure in the news you've, we've all seen it, um, and like today I saw some things about all the flooding in Tennessee, and my thoughts and prayers go out to all those people. But uh, I saw a story today that really really touched my heart and got to me as a father of two young kids. Uh, in that flooding, there was uh, two twin, two twins that were lost, two seventh-month-old twins, and they were in their father's arms, and they were swept away. And just, I just, 
it, it really gets to me because I have a three-year-old son and a four-month-old daughter and just hearing a story like that just really really affects me as a father and I I can't imagine can't imagine what that father is going through and all those people in general just uh with that terrible flooding there in central Tennessee but uh if anybody from that region listens to this and if there's any if there's anything I can do please 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 reach out to me um as a man of faith and as a father myself um I I can't imagine going through that, but the only way to get through that is through faith and through prayer and putting your faith in Christ. And that's, that's just the only way to get through it. Um, but again, thank you guys for turning it, tuning in and, uh, hope you guys have a great week. Um, again, you can connect with me through, uh, our Twitter account at TNT college foot one or me personally at coach on coach underscore B will. Um, our next episode, I'm going to be interviewing my cousin, Jake Saul. He lives in the Kalamazoo, Michigan area. Um, he is a college basketball coach himself, um, at a junior college men's basketball assistant coach, but, uh, he's a lifelong Michigan fan and his wife, his recent, recently married, um, his wife uh, taught at Western Michigan for a while, and we actually plan on going to the Western Michigan-San Jose State game in a couple weeks. But uh, So we're going to be talking about Western Michigan, but we're also going to be talking about Michigan. Um, I am a lifelong Michigan fan myself, but uh, so it's going to be really, really fun to talk about that. So we're going to be talking about a bigger school in Michigan, and then we're going to talk about Western Michigan. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, God bless. Have a good night.